Amen. How many you know that there's more God than there is devil? <laughs> there's more joy than there is sorrow. There's more health than there is sickness. There's more prosperity than there is poverty. There's more hope than there is despair. If you're going to run out of something, run out of despair. Right? If you're going to experience lack, just don't have enough sorrow to go around. You know, just put your anger tank on empty and quit filling it up. Because there's more good than there is evil. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I said, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Oh, it's such a dark time. Well, brighten up. Right? Get yourself glowing. You're salt and you're light. You have the ability to penetrate the darkness. You've got what it takes to live an incredible, victorious Christian life. You have everything you need that pertains to life and to godliness. God has already supplied you with all the power you need to walk through every situation and come out the other side better than you were when you entered in. Sometimes in the middle, it don't look like it, feel like it, smell like it, taste like it. But we don't stop in the middle, do we? We keep going all the way through to the other side. Right? God declares the end at the beginning. He doesn't always point out what the middle's going to look like. Because if He did, you wouldn't go. Even knowing the end, a lot of the times, you don't want to make the journey. Come on, guys, let's get real. We're just like everybody else. We're struggling with a, the same carnal nature and carnal desires, and we just want to live for ourselves. But we've got to surrender to the will of God and know God's will for our life. God's will for your life is good. God's will for your life, it's acceptable. Matter of fact, anything outside of the will of God, we shouldn't even accept. You realize that when UPS comes to your house, you don't have to accept the package. Well, they left it on the porch. Leave it out there. You do not have to open up brokenness and depression and take it in the house and let the aroma of depression fill the chambers of your life. Reject the package. Return to cinder. Come on, somebody. We've been called to live a higher level of life than most of us are letting on. We've got more power, more authority, more uh, of the anointing of God in us. Oh, we just need power. Let's pray for the power. You've got enough power inside of you right now to blow the lips off of your face. You don't need more power. Power is not what you need. You need more gospel. You need more revelation. You need more understanding. Mark 4, 24 in the Amplified says, Be careful what you hear. For the measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will be the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides shall be given to him who hears. Your understanding, as you increase your understanding of the Word of God, you are going to rise to a new level. Virtue and power, that, that's the ability to produce results. Now, I know that it's so easy to look outside of ourselves and, and say that the reason that we're not doing good is because of this or that thing over there. No, we're looking the wrong direction. You've got to see what God's put inside of you. Incorruptible seed, the Word of God. It is the nature of a seed to reproduce multiplied fruit. You're putting the Word of God inside of the fertile soil of your heart, and if you care for that seed, it's going to produce much fruit. You've got to learn how to take God's Word and apply it to your life and begin to put more faith and confidence in what God said than in what Oprah said. You've got to have more belief in what Jesus said than in what the world is saying. There is a contradictory voice that's speaking into your life every day. 
You know, one research company, and, and uh, I've got the info. I'm Actually, I wasn't planning on sharing it this weekend. I'm going to share it next weekend, so you're going to hear it again. But the fact is, is that we hear 65,000 messages a day. 65,000 messages bombard your mind every day. And i got to tell you something, about 64,900 of them don't line up with God's Word. And not promoting a biblical worldview. Well, if you're going to win the battle of your mind, you realize that advertisers, they call it mind shares. And they go after your mind so that when you see something, it triggers their brand in your brain. And the enemy has done the same thing. And so when you see a problem, his brand is triggered. Fear rises up in you. Unbelief rises up in you. Well, I guess God didn't come through. You see one picture. One time, and it just triggers the wrong thought. Well, until you renew your mind, you're always going to think wrong. God said, my ways are higher than your ways, so are my thoughts than your thoughts. That's not a put down, that's an invitation to come up to his level of thinking and to begin to think God's thoughts. Realize that God wouldn't ask you to do something that he hadn't uh, equipped you to succeed at. So when God says, think like I think, he's telling you, you have the power to think like God thinks. You don't, have to, you don't have to stay down here in this carnal realm. You don't have to think like the low life that, that and, and you know, that sounds so negative. You're a bunch of low lives. <laughs> See, maybe I should change that because uh, uh, he's he's, he said we're low lives. No, I didn't say it. The Bible said it. But the, the, the you know, don't kill the messenger. The, the fact is, the, the fact is, is that there's a greater life available to us. I said there's a greater life available to us. See, we're not at war with God. We ought to quit living like we are. The enemy's constantly bombarding people with, you know, with thoughts from the past and reminding them where they came from. And, and, and you know, I, I kind of like remembering where I came from because it makes me feel good because I ain't there no more. But I, I kind of like to remind myself not what I did, but what I didn't do. I didn't cave in, give up, and quit. I, I didn't try to, to obtain what God had called me to in my own strength. I embraced the power of God in my life, and it's now lifted me up and above all of the stuff that I used to be. I'm not being controlled by my old nature. I am now a partaker of the divine nature. And that nature has a character in me that's pulling me to an end result that God declared at my beginning. Oh, come on, somebody. We're talking about the good news. The good news, you don't have to be consumed with thoughts of failure. Well, I've messed up everything in life. Well, then quit living that one and start living the new one. Because everything that you messed up, trust me, He took care of at the cross. And He didn't do it. Grace wasn't given to you just so that you could be forgiven. We sang it this morning, I am forgiven. And that's awesome. you got to get the revelation. I am forgiven. But grace does not stop there. Grace is an empowering force that enables you to do more than you were able to do without it. You can now live just like Jesus lived. As He is, so are we in this world. Jesus said to you, the same works that I've done, you're going to do them too. And we buy into a lie that says, well, I can't do that. I'm just a worm saved by grace. Well, you don't understand grace. 
You don't understand that that is God's presence in your life. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now quickening your mortal body and infusing you with an inner strength so that you, like Paul, can say, I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with the inner strength. His grace is empowering me to do a lifestyle that is an absolute thrill to God. How are we, if we maintain a belief system that says, well, we're just sinners saved by grace, we're just worms, how are you going to please God? He's a perfect God. He's holy. He's other than. He ain't like anything else. There ain't nothing like our God. How are you going to live a life that's pleasing to God if you're just a loser who's got a little bit of grace, just a, just a dab of grace, just Brill Cream grace? Remember Brill Cream? Some of you guys don't. You ain't even got any hair. But so, you know, uh, Brill Cream back in the day, you know, their, their, their tagline was just a dabble do ya. Remember Todd? Remember way back in the day? <laughs> Todd's been bald so long he can't even remember. We got just a little dab, just a little dab, just enough grace to get us into heaven. Just enough grace to get us by. Just enough grace. We can't walk in forgiveness. We can't walk in victory. We can't walk in joy. We can't walk in strength. But we got enough grace to pull us into heaven. Amen. Well, you know, the sad part about that is that if you don't have enough grace to demonstrate Satan's defeat on earth, are you positive this is going to work when you get into the heavens? Just a thought. If you're so easily deceived in this life, you got to be careful. Because, you know, praying that sinner's prayer, getting a t-shirt and a bumper sticker, that's kind of cool. But Jesus did not come to this earth, take on the form of a man, get himself nailed to a cross, go into a tomb, go to hell, take the keys of sin, death, and hell out of the hands of the enemy, rise from the dead, give that authority back to man, be ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, so that you could have a Brill Cream religious experience. He did this to empower you. Listen, in front of you, better days lie in front of you. This is the most depressed you ever need to be again. This is the weakest, the most sad you ever have to live. Because there's greater joy, greater peace, greater strength, insight, revelation, and understanding in front of you. If you open up your heart to the reality that God wants to flip the switch and get the power flowing in your life, you cannot be defeated. I said you cannot be defeated. Do I need to run out and check the address on the building? You don't, you don't have to live a defeated life. Well, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't even matter. You're right with God now. Amen? I mean, it, once the blood's applied to your life, you are in right standing with God. Look at Romans 5. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, are you justified? Are you justified? Look at somebody say, I'm justified. That brings up a whole interesting issue on its own because the Bible says that the just live by faith. Right? So faith cometh by hearing, hearing the Word of God. The just live by the Word of God. We have been justified by faith, so we have peace 
with God. We have peace with God. We have peace. God's not against you. He's for you. He's not trying to harm you. He's trying to help you. He's not pushing you down. He's lifting you up. You're at peace with God. And if God be for us, who cares? Who's against us? We can't lose with God on our side. Psalms 118 says, The Lord is on my side. Not just on my team. He's on my side. When I stay connected to God every step of my journey, I'm standing right next to God Himself. The Spirit of God goes in front of me, leads me, and guides me into the truth. God's on my side. I'm not at war with God. I'm not in trouble with God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk after the Spirit. Right? If you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. He's not out to punish you. He's out to protect you. He's out to bring you back to the place that you were created to live at. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We have access. We have access to grace by faith. Because you have access doesn't mean you're going to hold it. It means you could. You've got access. You've got access to things that you don't touch. But this grace is something that we ought to tap into the access. We have, we, we have the ability to tap into an incredible a dynamic force called grace. But a lot of us, we don't walk in it because we've been taught wrong. We're under the impression that grace is just enough salvation to get me to heaven. That that's all it does. That's all it's good for. That's all it amounts to. We talk about amazing grace, but we don't realize that grace goes way beyond getting me eternity. Eternity, when's that start? Now. Right? Jesus said, I've come that you might have Zoe. Life. God life. Not man life. Not your life. God life. In abundance, to the full, till it overflows. That the, the power of God in your life would be so abundant that when life shakes you, what would come out of you is God life. You have access to life That'll blow the doors off of death. Next Sunday, when we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, you know one of the definitions of the word resurrection life? It means that when death has worn itself out, life stands back up again. There isn't a force that is strong enough to deter the force of life. And that's the life that Jesus came to connect us to. And isn't it strange how simple, how silly, how stupid some of the things that separate us from that kind of life are? Come on, guys. All you got to do to to separate a believer from Zoe life is hurt their feelings. All I got to do is hurt your feelings, and I can do that in about half a service. And you go through life, and Tom Tom said, "I, I was a low life. You spend all week just moping and crying about that and whining and calling it prayer and it doesn't work and you don't have any production in your life. What's going on with us? Well, because we've been taught wrong. We've got to renew our mind. We've got to have a revelation that the power of grace is available to my life. 
That, no, you know, there are, there are some simple things that, that I can't do on my own. But I'm not on my own. I've got help. I said, I've got help. I, I, can, I can actually live a victorious Christian life because of the grace that has been invested into my life. I don't have to be bruised and broken and bleeding. I can be healed, restored, and revived. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Look with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read this from the message, verses 9 through 12 in the message. We'll read it through and then I'll back up again. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to His will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the Master, making Him proud of you as you work hard in His orchard. And as you learn more and more how God works, you'll learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Check it out. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us. Oh, we're, we're, we're talking about a power that's not just your normal, everyday, average power. Check it out. Go, go back to verse uh, 9. There's a power. That, he said, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying. Can, can I tell you, one of the things that you're going to have to do to activate the power of grace that's in your life so that you can rule and reign. See, you're not going to reign in life without unleashing the power of grace. You can't rule your bedroom without grace. You can't get along with your spouse without grace. Come on, you can't please your boss, let alone God. You can't please your neighbor. But you can please a perfect God. You can live a life that's pleasing in the sight of God if you have grace operating in you. Some of the challenges, here's, here's the crazy part of this, guys. This is crazy good. Some of the challenges that just suck the wind out of your sail on a daily basis, you, if you get a revelation, that day is over and a new day is going to start. You, you have the ability now to go, wait a minute, the stuff that's been messing me up, that's going to get down under my feet now. Because I have the Spirit of God in me. I have access to grace by faith. So if I believe what He said, He'll begin to produce what He promised in every arena of my life. How do I turn this thing on? Prayer. We have not stopped praying. We have not stopped praying. And when he says praying for you, it don't mean for you so that you don't have to. It means for you. When you think, well, I thought you guys were praying. We're not praying for you. We're praying for you. Right? We're not relieving you of your responsibility to pray. Well, I put in a prayer request, so I shouldn't have to have a prayer life. Well, here's one of your big issues. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to be Christ-like. That means you're going to be like Christ, who simply went from prayer meeting to prayer meeting, performing miracles in between. Hello? 
Come on now, when your prayer life is matching up with the prayer life of Jesus, trust me, some stuff's going to be a little bit different in our lives. Our prayer life, I know a lot of people, their prayer life consists of, Dear Lord, thank you for this food and the money to pay for it. You've got to get a little deeper. Right? You've got to get a little deeper. What, what is, well, I prayed and it didn't work. Well, no, maybe you whined and called it prayer. Trust me, I spent years doing research. That doesn't work. Okay? <laughs> that don't work. That just never produces the result that I'm hoping for. What is effective prayer? It was uh, Dr. Young, Paul Youngy Cho who said, Effective prayer is taking God's Word into God's presence, getting to agreement with God on that Word. Here's how you get effective prayer. You take God's Word, you go into your prayer closet, and you begin to pray that Word. You got, see, God's Word, the only part of God's Word that works is the part that you do. And it's really hard to do what you don't know. So now you've got to take that seed. The, the sower sowed the seed. Remember, Jesus said the sower sowed the seed, and the seed was the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And so now I'm going in the presence of God with Jesus, the Word. I'm taking the Word, which is seed. I'm putting it in the fertile soil of my heart. I'm going to guard it and protect it because I know that the enemy comes immediately to steal the seed. So now I've got to protect the seed, and I've got to get the seed to begin to grow so that it can produce fruit in my life. So I take a scripture like Isaiah 54, verse 18, that says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises against you, you can condemn, for this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. Well, wait a minute. It seems like weapons are prospering against me. See, it didn't work. I prayed it. You did one prayer and didn't get a result, and you gave up in the middle because you didn't make it to the end. It's like, if you're a visitor today, please forgive me. Just listen to what I'm saying. But a lot of times visitors will come to church and they'll come one time and they'll leave and they think they know everything about us after one visit. See, a lot of you, you've gone to God one time. You, you do one thing one time. You, you, you have a telephone conversation with one person. You get off the phone and say, I don't like that guy. Where's that come from? You, you, can't, you couldn't possibly have a full understanding after one visit. So what you've got to do is you've got to take Isaiah 54, 18, you've got to go into the presence of God, and you've got to begin to pray. You've got to begin to say, okay, Father, your word says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Father, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It sure looks like some stuff are prospering, so you're going to have to cause this word to come alive inside of my heart. Father, I need to believe this. I need to have faith in this. I need to believe that every day when I go from the house to work, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say no, no weapon will be formed against me. It just says it ain't going to work. That there's not a scheme of the enemy that's going to end up shifting me off of the will of God. So no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, every voice that speaks against me, I will condemn. doesn't say he will. It says I will. Oh, I do that. I do that. When, when the enemy says you're a loser, I say, you know what? That's a voice that's rise up against me and I condemn it. I reject that. That's not acceptable into my life. This is the heritage, this is the power, this is the lineage of those who are birthed in the Spirit after Christ. I, I, I walk in a level that no weapon formed against me. I, now, I just now am learning, I'm learning to just ignore the attacks of the enemy. But you've got to read it and repeat it and 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 read it and repeat it. And I guarantee you, if you start praying it, it's going to help you remember it. He said, we, we, we prayed without stopping for you, asking God to give you wise minds. Everybody say, wise minds. See, not only do you need to pray, you want to unleash the power of grace. You've got to pray. You've got to have a prayer life. 
If you're not going to pray, you've got to stop complaining. You do not have the right to complain about that which you permit. So if you're not going to develop a prayer life and pray God's Word and get in agreement with God's Word, and trust me, you, it's not easy to agree with what God said. I said it's not easy to walk in agreement with what God said. So it takes a lot of prayer. God is going to take grace. God is going to take a power that enables me to do more than I'm able to do. And I've got to have a wise mind. I've got to walk in wisdom. Proverbs 24 says through wisdom is, through godly wisdom, is a house, a life, a family, a home built. My life's going to be built on godly wisdom. I have to have a wise mind. My mind has to have the ability to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. I've got to, I've got to uh, increase, develop my mind. 2 Timothy 1.7, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Maybe that's the scripture you start with in prayer. Father, you haven't given me the spirit of fear. I'm not timid. I'm not afraid. I don't walk in unbelief. I walk in power. The ability to produce results. Thank you, Lord, that you are causing the grace of God to open up inside of me and, and release a power that I can produce godly results even in ungodly situations. That you cause all things to work together for good for me because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Thank you, Lord, that you are eradicating fear and unloosing the, 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 the power of God in my life. That you have given me love and I'm not doing this just to get what I want. I'm doing this because, God, I'm in love with you and I'm going after you. Your will. So give me wisdom in my mind. Let me walk through this thing the way that you would walk through it. I want a wise mind. Look, he goes on and says, and spirits attuned to his will. We have to tune our spirit to a different channel. Remember the old AM FM radio? <laughs> Many of us are not in tune with the Spirit. We, we don't hear clearly. Well, if I could hear clearly, I'd obey. Then you're going to have to pray more. You're going to have to pray more that wisdom will flow into you so that you have the ear to hear. You've you got to train your ear to hear God. You know, you can, you can get a, a new pet. You, you can get yourself a dog. If you do, don't get a chihuahua. Get a real dog. Okay, everybody knows that a chihuahua is just a rat with a hormone problem. Don't do that. Get, get, a, get a dog. Right? Get, get a dog. And you begin to train the dog and you spend time with the dog. And the, pretty soon, the dog begins to recognize your voice. Right? Why? Well, because you've talked to it. You spend time with it. D don't think that you're going to... Hear the voice of God if you haven't spent time talking with Him. And it's not long till you can tell that dog things and then that dog will do what you will tell it to do. We used to have a golden retriever for many years. We, we, we had Rusty and you could look at Rusty and you could say, load up. And he'd go find the car and get in it. I can't even get my kids to do that. 
<laughs> you could mark a rock. We lived on the river. You could mark a rock, throw it into the river, and Rusty would dive down and bring you back that rock. He lived to please his master. So he got to go places I don't take the kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting when you learn to do what God said. You begin to see the production of what He promised. A spirit tuned to His will. See, the problem is, is that our spirit is tuned to our will. We're born again. We're going to heaven. But there ought to be more that separates us from someone who's lost than that. We have to have spirits tuned to His will. See, God has given us this incredible power that enables us to do what we could never do without it. But it's not to accomplish what we want. It's to accomplish what He wants. Many times, even in our prayer life, we go to God and we tell Him what we want Him to do. Instead of going to God and asking Him, what do I do that will please you in this situation? We live, our life is so upside down, we think God's a vending machine. If we put in the right amount and pull the right lever, we're going to get a little prize from Jesus. I'll get, I'll get my house. I'll get my car. I'll get my raise. I'll get my healing. I'll, I'll, I'll get my feel better. I'll, I'll get my, my, my people be nice to me. I'll get my, my break that I don't deserve. But when you go into the presence of God with God's Word and get into agreement with God on that Word, it's going to begin to change your will to line up with His will. And when your will begins to line up with His will, all of a sudden the mind of Christ begins to operate and now you have a wise mind. And now you're walking in wisdom and your spirit begins to be tuned to His will. Matthew 6.33, a very familiar scripture to most of us. King James says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Amplified Bible really breaks it down quite well. It says, Aim at and strive after, first of all, His kingdom. First of all. Everybody say, first of all. This is not what we do at the end of our rope. But the first thing we do is, God, what's your will? See, I think... The mission statement of our church, cheerfully pleasing God. We need to embrace that as an individual in your home. It needs to be the motto that you live by, cheerfully pleasing God. See, i got to tell you something. You know what pleases God in the husband-wife relationship when you do what He said? Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. I love my wife, and i got to tell you something. It's not difficult to love Shelby. Shelby's like perfect. I, th- I, th- I thought you'd get a bigger amen than that. I'm, so- I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. It's okay. I love you. I really love you. And the grace that God's given me, that on the days when, when, when I want to be selfish, when I want to live for myself, that, that power can come up inside of me and empower me to love Shelby like Christ loved the church and go ahead and kill myself if need be. Because it's His will. Because it's His will. First of all. First of all. First of all, 
His will. Just to love my wife. His will. His will to put, to put myself aside and live for my wife. His will. It's got to be first of all. Not, la- not, not three days before divorce court. You know, uh, no, I won't go there. First of all, seek for his kingdom. His way of doing and being right. His way of doing and being right. His what? That's, what is, that's what's got to be first on my mind. That is not going to be first on your mind if you don't develop prayer. Learn to walk in wisdom and begin to tune your spirit to his will. His way. No, we're going to do this my way. This is how I think. This is how I see it. I've had people say, well, I've studied the scripture for years and this is how I see it. Well, wait a minute. What if you see it wrong? What if for years you've had a wrong perspective of what Jesus said? Well, I I got news for you. That person did me wrong. I can prove it. What does that have to do with it? What is God's will? That you walk in instant forgiveness. And God will empower you to do that if you'll let yourself die. But you have to make a choice. I'm going after first. First thing in my life I'm going after is God's will. You know, I think about different people in the different places that God's positioned you. Just right here, just right here in the house, you know, uh, we, we have a, a bunch of guys that work at, at the correctional uh, institutions, you know. And can you imagine the, the level of grace that they have to have in order to treat an inmate the way that Jesus would treat them? Now, on your own, you'd act one way. But because of grace, you're going to act a totally different way. But yet, on the other hand, some of you guys working out at Hanford, the, the grace that you need... To be in that environment, but stand up and live a biblically based life. You can't do it on your own. You've got to have grace. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have shortcomings. But that's where grace comes in. When I am weak, He is strong. I don't have to get under condemnation when I drop the ball. I have to be convicted. I have to be teachable. I can't say, well, the way I see it. No, it's got to be His way of doing and being right. His way. His way. His way. Look at your neighbor and say, His way. Look at Isaiah 55, verses 6. Start at verse 6 real quick. Seek, inquire for, and require the Lord while He may be found, claiming Him by necessity and by right. Call on Him while He's near. Look at verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. Let the wicked forsake his way. We walk away from our way in order to embrace his way. Before you can engage in God's way, you have to disengage in your way. You have to be extremely careful, guys, because... A habitual lifestyle, all a habit is something that you can do without thought. So if you don't take time and use wisdom of mind, if you don't think, you're not going to do it God's way. You're going to do it your way. We have to forsake our way and engage in His way. Forsake your way 
and return to the Lord, he'll have love, pity, mercy for him and to our God, for he will multiply to him abundant pardon. Look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For even as the heavens are higher, verse 9, even as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Look at verse 10. For as the rain and snow comes down from the heavens and return not there again, but waters the earth and makes it to bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that comes out of my mouth. It won't return to me void without producing any effect. It won't be useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please in purpose. That which I please. That which I purpose. And it shall prosper in the thing I sent it. Listen to what God said. My word is going to produce. My word's going to produce. But it ain't going to do it your way and not in alignment with your thoughts. He said, you're going to go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin and evil into the homeland with joy. You're coming out of exile into joy. You're going to be led by your leader, the Lord himself and his word. Look where he's going to lead you. With peace, the mountains are going to break forth and sing in front of you. The hills, the, the trees of the field are going to clap their hands. We're talking about turning nasty into awesome. It doesn't really matter what your situation looks like. God can change it. I said, God can change it. Look at verse 13. Instead of the thorn, it's going to be a cypress tree. Instead of the briar, myrtle trees. It shall be to the Lord for a name of renown, for an everlasting sign. God said, instead of getting the mess that you should get, I'm going to produce a garden that produces fruit that the whole world is going to stand back and say, that guy's connected to God. There ain't no way he could have that product in his life without a supernatural power. See, we have settled for the same results that the world gets when we don't have to. We have access to grace by faith. Faith is God's Word activated in our life. You don't have to have the same result that the lost produce. You can have a much greater product. We can have joy instead of sorrow. Peace instead of warfare. Health instead of sickness. Increase instead of decrease. We can be on the upswing when the whole world seems to be on the downswing. Why? Because God is on our side. But we've got to tap into and access the grace that's available. We have to be willing to forsake our ways, forsake our thoughts, embrace God's ways and God's thoughts. Look at Colossians 1.10 in the Amplified. We're praying, remember, we're praying that you'll have a wise mind. Spirits tuned to His will so that you can walk, live, and conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord... Fully pleasing to Him. And desiring to please Him in all things. You'd bear fruit in every good work. Steadily growing. Steadily growing. Increasing by the knowledge of God. That you'd produce much fruit. Steadily growing on the increase. And that your life would be fully pleasing to God. Fully pleasing to God. 
Does that not say to you that every choice you make, every action you perform, every habit you create ought to be pleasing to God? I think what we've done is that we've settled for a lifestyle less than pleasing to God. We're banking on the love of God. I got three boys and I love them and there's nothing they can do that's going to change that love. God loves you. I said, God loves you. There's nothing you could do that could make Him love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do that would cause Him to love you any less. If you were walking down the street on one side and on the other side Jesus was there and I was having a conversation with God and I said, God, isn't that your son Rob over there? He'd say, yes it is. I'd say, God, isn't that your son Jesus over there? Yes it is. Lord, which one do you love more? He'd say, I love them both the same. I love Rob just like he's my son Jesus. I love him the same way. But how many of you realize that the love of God is not the same thing as living a life that's pleasing to God? I love my sons, but I'm not always pleased. They made choices that did not please me at all. And the, the, the response of a displeased father is much different from the response of one who is extremely pleased. Hello? See, I don't think you have to just hang on here till Jesus comes. I think you have the ability to tap into a power that will enable you to live a life that's fully pleasing to God every single day of your life. And that you can have the results that God's Word promises you in your life. But you have to be willing to forsake your way, your thoughts. You have to engage in His ways and His thoughts. You have to tap into the power that God's given you and you have to walk in it. And you have to decide that, you know what, it doesn't necessarily need to please me. It needs to please my Father. And when I live in a lifestyle that pleases God, my, my end result's way better than if it was when I'm pleased. I really think that when we go to heaven, we're going to look back and we're going to see many of the prayers that God didn't answer and we're going to thank Him. I'm telling you, you're going to have some time in heaven when you go, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You know, a lot of us, if God answered our prayer and we had miraculous, you know, supernatural intervention, we'd destroy the end result in 30 minutes anyways. I don't know how many countless people I know that have prayed for, you know, insane financial increase. The problem is, is that they'd be in a huge mess 30 minutes after God answered that prayer. Because they don't have the character to sustain it. See, here's, here's the deal. is that your, your final outcome is not determined on what's going on around you. It's determined by what's going on in you. Because the outcome is dictated by character. Character is the result of habits. Habits is the result of consistent choices. Choices are made from our emotions. Emotions come through our thoughts, and our thoughts are determined by the word that we base our life on. And if you'll get into the Word of God and begin to pray, you'll start getting God's Word in your life, which will produce God's thoughts, which will give you godly emotion. You'll begin to make godly choices. Because you're making godly choices, you're going to perform godly action. You're performing godly action, you're going to develop godly habits. you got godly habits, you're going to have godly character. And at the end of that, you're going to have a godly outcome. You're going to get exactly what God said. And once it happens, you can sustain it. You can hang on to it for more than a day. You can walk in victory for more than a week. You can know what it is to walk in victorious Christian living for a whole month. Why? Because you've got the character that's going to sustain it. You have the divine nature operating inside of you. God has empowered you to walk under the influence of His nature. 
You've got what it takes. You just can't settle for anything less. Amen? So let's go after it. I said, let's go after it. Let's be a people who know what it is to live for God. What was impossible on our own suddenly is possible by the power of grace. It is God's enabling work within us that empowers us to overcome our helplessness. On my own, I can't walk in victory. I'll mess it up. On my own, I'm going to make choices that separate me from the very plan of God. But with His grace operating in my life, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who's given me the strength by grace to do it. I can live a victorious life. I can have a peaceful habitation. I can train my children in the way they should go. I can walk in a spirit of love. I can demonstrate Satan's defeat in every situation because of the grace of God operating in my life. Amen? Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you.